Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Balls Over the Top NFL Weekly Podcast. I'm Michael Rock. And I'm your host, Brendan Collins. And we're happy to have you guys here with us on a great Thursday night football matchup here in week 11, is it? We got week 11 football? Yep. So we have a battle for first place in the NFC West taking place as we speak as the Seattle Seahawks host the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams going in opposite directions right now. Very much so. I mean, right now we've watched the Seahawks lose a couple straight, three straight, uh, but the Cardinals have been steadily improving through the season as it looks like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins are building quite a chemistry together. That isn't to say, though, that Russell Wilson and D.K. Metcalf have looked any worse in this game or in any of the games leading up to it. It's been mostly the defense that's been letting Seattle down, and it's been mostly the offense listing Arizona up. And it's been a revolving door at running back for this Seattle team. I mean, they just have not been able to stay healthy. Really a theme, I feel like, that's been going on since Marshawn Lynch made his way out of town. Mm-hmm. it's pretty remarkable. So I'm curious to see how this game finishes up. Uh, an early touchdown for DK Metcalf in the first quarter, and that's all the scoring we've had so far tonight. It's been a pretty slow night otherwise. But it's still early, and we've seen some explosive plays already. If it tells you anything, despite the fact that they were underdogs, I went with, well, I'll tell you exactly exactly, what the spread was. Arizona were three-point underdogs to Seattle, so it was Arizona plus three. Seattle is the home team, so you think there's the home team spread, but I feel like that might not be in the cards as much right now with COVID going on, and I think most cities aren't going to have fans this weekend. I'm curious, uh, you know, the Seahawks team has had a great start to the season. Obviously, they have a lot of experience, at least with their head coach and quarterback. But the defense has just been historically bad. Yeah, paper thin. I mean, they're on pace to be one of the worst passing defenses of all time, to be just getting shredded in the secondary. And then again, this is a high-power, big-play, highlight-reel offense. That's currently go, you know, being run out there in Arizona, headed by Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they kind of got a little lucky last week with the Hail Mary victory. I don't want to say lucky. I mean, obviously incredible skill and all that, but Hail Mary victories, you're not coming out of it saying, "Wow, confident win." I mean, a win's a win. You know what I mean? But yeah. So three point spread coming into this one in favor of Seattle. What do you think? Well, I mean, granted, Seattle does have this seven-point cushion right now, but do you think they hold on? I don't think so. I think Arizona Cardinals have been just such a dynamic team, and they have a little bit of fight in them. Right now, Ky- but right now, Kyler Murray's looking really rough, and he was looking like he was throwing a little weird. His shoulder was acting up, I think, maybe just a touch, and uh, I think, I mean, that could be a really big deciding factor, but... I, really, I like the Cardinals in this game. I think I think they're going to take advantage of the fact that they can spread the ball around and the fact that Kyler Murray is just amazing with the footwork in the pocket and then his ability like to scramble the pocket, outside exactly, the pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup to keep an eye on, uh, an exciting game to finish up here. I mean, obviously we can't, by the time this episode is posted... The outcome will be decided, so there's no sense in really giving any solid picks there as far as bets are concerned. But both of us, uh, if it tells you anything, I'm leaning toward the Cardinals as well. So we're both on that boat together. I do like the Seahawks team. I wouldn't be shocked if they come away with it. I mean, they're they're a team that's, I mean, really played well over the last several weeks. But we'll see how it, we'll see how it goes. Moving on to the Sunday games... So 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock action we have coming up. We have a lot of good games this weekend, but I think there's a lot of injury questions, and none of them 
that doesn't rear its head anywhere more than this first game we're going to talk about, an NFC South matchup between the Falcons and the Saints. Now, Saints are going to be without Drew Brees, breaking five ribs, puncturing a lung. lung. Yeah. yeah, puncturing a lung. I mean, it looks like he's going to be gone for at least three weeks to a month. I can even see that stretching a little bit longer, but, I mean, obviously I think they're going to want him back if possible with a game or two in the regular season to be able to shake off a little bit of that rust before, you know, the playoffs start, assuming that at that point their playoff position is settled, which, I mean, they they seem to have one of the better records and one of the better, you know, be in one of the better positions in the division right now or in the NFC to be able to get one of those playoff spots locked up, whether it be winning the division or coming in second to Tampa Bay and getting into the playoffs of that route. But I don't know how Jameis is going to do. I mean, Jameis Winston is just a turnover machine. Yeah, he did a good job this past week, but at that point the game was pretty well out of hand. I mean, that, I mean, not necessarily. It ended up being kind of close, but the Saints had a pretty significant grasp on that game. And you have Taysom Hill enough in that offense, which works, I think, for a couple of quarters. But it's hard to have, I think, a whole game where Taysom Hill's incorporated to the tune that he was, like a 40% type mm-hmm. mix. Maybe if there's a coach that can do it, it's Sean Payton. But I'm not positive that it's going gonna, it's gonna to fly that way. So four and a half point spread. Seems a little bit thin to me. I feel like this Falcons team has been playing better of late. I feel like they've kind of gotten their gotten their footing under them of late. They haven't been fantastic, but they've been better. So I actually think I'm gonna. I could see an upset here. I think I, I see Atlanta squeaking this one out. I think I see it being close enough. If if it's a win. I think it's by a field goal, so I, I think I see Atlanta with the spread here. I'm going to go with Atlanta on the money line as well, just because, again, I, I you know, Jameis' first start of the season, you know, he can go one of two ways. He, he is a player who was a starter for enough years. There's a chance he comes out here with a chip on his shoulder and dominates and, you know, is auditioning at this point for this job, possibly as soon as next year, to be the Saints quarterback. But I just also don't know if I have that much faith in him. So I'm going to go with Atlanta. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan, the more established of the two, or, you know, at least the more consistent of the two quarterbacks in the game. And uh, over under 51. Ooh, I think I'm going to go over for that. I th- I mean, I think if the Falcons win, I think we're going to see this over hit. And... Compound that with the fact that Alvin Kamara didn't practice today, and he has been the most electric pass catcher, running back, offensive weapon that the Saints have had. I mean, I think, yeah, he's the engine that powers that offense. I mean, Michael Thomas is elite, so is Drew Brees, but the gadgetry and versatility Mm-hmm. And the amount of game planning that goes yeah. into dealing with He puts with a couple Kamara. extra sheeps in, in the playbook there. He snatches a few hours of sleep from the game planners as well. Yeah, from the defensive coordinators yeah. facing him. So, I yeah, I don't know with this one. I mean, Jameis Winston, one of the very, very few, might be the only 30 touchdown, 30 interception quarterbacks. Yeah, that was a first. Yeah, it was a first. I mean, if you're throwing 30 interceptions, you don't keep your job long. But you throw 30 touchdowns, you've had a very good football season. So that's just the quarterback he is. So he can put up points. Can I, I'm going to put an asterisk. This is my one asterisk of the week. So if Alvin Kamara plays, I'm picking the Saints, both money line and against the spread. Because there's no way that the Falcons' defense is going to be the one that starts bottling up Alvin Kamara. Even if he's even if he's banged up a little bit with his foot injury, depends though. I don't know how adept to checking it down Jameis Winston is. He never had a really great check down back in Tampa Bay during his years there. That's true, but he's been in the system this whole year, right? Yeah, but some tendencies are hard to break. I guess. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see. 
but that is my caveat. If Alvin Kamara's in, I'm going with the Saints. If not, I'm going with the Falcons, and I don't think we see 51 points because I don't think either team is going to be as dynamic as we think. A lot of a lot of star talent out of this one. You know, Falcons are still without Calvin Ridley, who was before his injury one of the number one wide receivers in the league. I think he was like third. Yeah, but they do still have Julio Jones, who's oh, still a top five wide receiver, at least talent wise. Right, and but then, but Russell Gage and yes, but then you go from having to cover all of them to having to cover Hayden them. Hurst and and Todd Gurley still pose you know pose a threat. So absolutely, but but the Saints' defense has been competent this year. Yeah, I, I just don't see I just don't see us quite hitting the fifty one. No, that that's game. totally valid. I get you there. Next 1 o'clock game is a game that I think next to nobody's really looking forward to, and I think this is a really hard game to pick. On one hand, you have the Cincinnati Bengals, team with Joe Burrow. He's looked very promising as the number one overall pick out of last year's draft. He's put together several very solid mm-hmm. games, including the tie against the Eagles. They've lost several, too, but usually to some pretty good teams, and, and it's usually a very close game. I mean, they played the Steelers very close. Yeah, I mean, they defeated. Well, and they, the, they're in a very tough division. Yeah, the division's brutal this year. So, this is a Bengals team that is not to be taken lightly. And then you look and you say, okay, they're against the Washington football team. And I'd like to think that that's a pretty easy matchup. You know, this Washington football team has been... Uh, uninspiring most of this season, but then you look at the way that they rallied back last week against Detroit in a game that really looked lost, and the way that Alex Smith put up almost 400 yards, and he has a tendency to be able to win games. I mean, he's a veteran quarterback who can win you football games. Mm -hmm. And with Ron Rivera, who is a playoff experienced, he's Super Bowl, played in a Super Bowl, or coached a Super Bowl, I actually think he also might have played in a Super Bowl linebacker, but he might have. Either way, he's. I think they have the ability to maybe really get organized. I mean, we saw we saw the way that the Giants got organized last week and really put a hurt into the Eagles, and so you know we're getting to the point of the season where. Even though these teams have been bad, I would expect them to be starting to kind of get some chemistry. And so it's like, okay, Washington's been putting it together. They're playing against a Cincinnati team that's been putting it together also, but is a lot younger at quarterback and at head coach, or, you know, more inexperienced at quarterback and at head coach. It's a tough, it's, it's a tough game to pick. One and a half point spread, so, you know, it's really barely... It's barely a spread, and I mean, it's it's a toss-up. The Bengals are underdogs, but as the away team at less than three points, it's kind of, again, you could argue, again, it's a true toss-up. 46.5 points is the over-under for this game. That, to me, seems a little bit low for two teams that have a tendency, tendency to be in relatively high-scoring games. I mean, their defenses let up points, and their offenses need to score to stay in it. But on the same token... They're teams that usually are, are doing that kind of against good teams. Teams that are better than teams them. Teams that are better than them when they're playing yeah. when they're trying to both of these teams I imagine are gonna be trying to come into this team as the the better. The better. And I don't know what'll happen. So I'd like to think I think I you know, I think I'm gonna go with this Bengals team. I think even though the Alex Smith story is a nice one and you know what, he's bound to get his win eventually, so it, it very well may be this Sunday. I think Joe Burrow has played pretty well. I think they've been building on results there in Cincinnati. Uh, I think they've been improving week after week. And I think they're viewing this as a very winnable game themselves. And I think that they might be a little bit hungrier than Washington. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati to win. I'm going to go with Cincinnati to cover there because one and a half and they're underdogs. And then as far as the... Over-under is concerned, 46.5. I feel like this could be a high-scoring game. Again, we saw Detroit and Washington was pretty high-scoring. But I'm going to go with under. I'm going to go with under for this over-under. I think we can see like a 21-14, 21-10. Uh, I just don't know if we break, if we, 
if we get 46. Uh, the thing about this matchup that I think intrigues me the most is how Joe Burrow is going to face against the pass rush of the Washington football team. I mean, it seems like year after year, Washington uses whatever draft pick they have somewhere in like the 3-8 to eight range, and they go pick up another defensive lineman who is a thorn in the side of everybody in the NFC East and the rest of the NFL, too. They did it again this offseason. Boy, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the Washington football team. I think Alex Smith gets his first victory back. And I think we see the over of 46.5. I think they're going to have to fight it out to do it, but I think Alex Smith does it. And uh, I think it's a good learning lesson for Joe Burrow of getting the ball out quickly. The next game we have, also at 1 o'clock, is Detroit Lions against the Carolina Panthers. Right now, the Lions are favorites by 2.5 points, uh, but they are the road team, and we don't have an over-under for this game. Yeah, this is a tough one. I feel like the Panthers might be a little discouraged. It seemed like Christian McCaffrey was going to be back this week after having that little shoulder rib issue pull him out last week after his comeback just two weeks ago. I am inclined to still think, though, that the Panthers have been the better of these two teams of late. It's a little yes, tough to say. but it doesn't look like Terry, Teddy Bridgewater's going to play. Oh, if Teddy Bridgewater's not playing then. Yeah, it doesn't I, look like it. Then I think I would probably lean toward Detroit. I mean, they've been... They've also been solid. I mean, they really did barely squeak out with that win against Washington this past week. But I don't know. Without Bridgewater, without McCaffrey, I think I think you're really putting yourself in a tough spot. And so, with a rookie head coach, yeah. And I do like I do like Matt Rule a lot. And I mean, I'd be excited for Walker to start. He was a uh, I think it would be P.J. Walker who would be starting for the Panthers if I'm not mistaken. And he was a Temple grad who actually played under Matt Rule, but. I don't know if I think he's an NFL quarterback. I'll be rooting for him. But if that's the case, even if I think Bridgewater plays, you know what, I think I would go with, because he's a banged-up Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he might be playing a little bit more reserved because that injury might have just shook him a little bit. I'm curious how yeah, he's going to respond to a knee injury. I know it was his other knee. Yeah, it's an MCL sprain. But he's had a tough go of it the last few years. I would be play it safe if I'm the Panthers, because it doesn't look like they're fighting. They're they're getting in the playoffs unless they do extend the playoff field, and even then, it's still going to be mm-hmm. questionable. So yeah, I, I think I think you definitely go with Detroit here then without without Teddy. I I'm right there with you. If Teddy Bridgewater's not playing, I have no interest in picking Carolina. What do we have as the over under? There is no over under in this. Oh, one. that's right. You just said that. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's, it's going to be over zero, but it's going to be probably less than, like, 900. Yeah. Got you. Cut. Cut out the paper. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. Just going to leave it all. <laughs> Can you leave this in? Sure, Tyler. For you? Thanks. <laughs> I'm really hoping he does. <laughs> so, following the Panthers... Detroit Lions game, we have a interesting matchup with the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. Texans have been just a mess this season. Disappointment. And, and there's no there's no silver lining because they have no draft picks because they were just terribly managed by Bill O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And so you look at it, they have a team with every incentive to win. Last week's game, you could argue, might have been a little bit of a fluke considering they were playing in freakish weather conditions in Cleveland. But at the end of the day, they still lost a game that they're going to feel like they should have won. They turned the ball over on downs or on turnover via turnover, like several times. Mm-hmm. I don't have the exact you know number in front of me, but I remember watching that game and just being in awe at the amount of times that they turned the ball over. And I get they felt like they couldn't kick field goals, mm-hmm. but you would have been better off even if you went one for four on the field goals at the rate they were going. I mean, and really that game, those points would have mattered. Yeah. 
Like every point counted in that one. The other side of this, you have a Patriots team that is actually on the up and up, it seems like. They were getting ravaged earlier in the season, and this could still be premature. They might, you know, crumble again. Mm -hmm. They've really been ravaged by injury and inconsistent play. and Well, and also a lot of opt-outs at the very beginning. Yeah, and Cam Newton's been really inconsistent, and, and I'm as big a Cam Newton fan as anybody, but... He has really been inconsistent. He hasn't been able to consistently string together throws or games. And so I'm, I'm curious to see what his, if he's able to kind of right the ship, big picture. I, I hope he does, and even though I don't want to root for the Patriots. But I think I got to go and support, I don't know, I... I, I think I think they're the the team to pick this week. I think you got you got to go with New England the way they've been playing, coming off of the two big wins in a row. Even though that Jets game was they're the Jets, it was a big win against Baltimore the following week, and I expect them to build on that against a Houston team that really still hasn't yet seemed got seemed to have gotten their foot footing. Wow. Yeah, I'm picking the Texans. And I'm picking them. I'm picking a money line, and I'll take the point and a half because it's free. And I think we see the under forty nine. I think we we're in agreement there. I think the unders more likely. Neither one of these teams has been consistently good offensively for me to feel good about that over. Um, this past week, I think. I mean, you can't blame it entirely on the weather because we show up to play a football game. You got to play it, but. I think the New England Patriots were greatly benefited by the weather. And I think it wound up costing the Ravens, who like to use the deep ball a little bit more. The Houston Texans definitely like using the deep ball with Will Fuller. I think we see a very different game this week. I think we see frustration on both sides quite a bit. But I think the Texans just edged them out on the fact that Deshaun Watson is just a little bit better at this point in his career than Cam Newton. I mean, that, and that's possible. And there are bigger names still playing on that Texans defense, at least with J.J. Watt. I mean, I don't think it's a crazy thing. I mean, that's why this spread is only one and a half. But, yeah, it's a, it'll be an interesting game to watch for sure. I could easily see that Patriots team being able to claw into a low-seeded playoff spot, again, especially with the expansion looming as a possibility. It's possible. I don't know how they're going to do it in a division with both the Bills and Miami this year, but it's possible. It is possible. There's still a lot of divisional games to go as well. Sure is. Next 1 o'clock game is a game that hits very close to home for us here in Philadelphia. Our boys in green are going up to Cleveland. Mm Mm-hmm to play against the Cleveland Browns. Oh, boy. This is a game I actually, optimistically, or cautiously, rather, am feeling optimistic about. I think that we have a real shot at this one. I think that while we did just lose to the Giants, I think if you really watched the recent Giants games leading up to that one, the writing was on the wall that we were going to get that win or that they were going to get a, a big win, mm-hmm. I think, against us. I would have liked to have seen us show up a little bit more, considering it, we were coming off a bye week. But Doug Peterson just does not have the same type of post-bye week success that Andy Reid had. I mean, Doug Peterson at this point is now 1-3 in three in his four seasons with the Eagles. I believe it's only four seasons with mm-hmm. the Eagles. Coming off of the bye, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And so, I wonder what the league average is. I know Andy Reid was something like twelve and one in his thirteen years with the Eagles, or something dumb. Mm-hmm. But he has one of the best records of all time in that category. And so, I was expecting us to maybe, you know, I think the opposite thing would have been better. We were kind of hot. I mean, as hot as a team that has three wins can be mm-hmm. going into the bye week. It w- the bye week might have kind of cooled us off a little bit and taken away some of that momentum. I mean, you notice coming out here, Travis Fulgham was a lot less of a factor this last week. You said maybe that's because there was a healthy Jalen Rager and a healthy Alshon Jeffrey, but 
a guy who has been the highlight of the offense the last few weeks was kind of a no-show in that Giants game. So I'm curious to see what we do, but I think we will get back into our groove, and I do think Cleveland is a beatable team. It is a three-point spread. The Eagles are underdogs. So with that, I'm taking us to win. I'm taking us with the spread over under a 47. That's a tough one in my mind. What are your thoughts on the... What are your thoughts on the game? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second on this over under. I mean, this is really a tale of two two faced quarterbacks where you have both Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. And from play to play, drive to drive, week to week, season to season, both these quarterbacks show absolutely no consistency in their performance or in their growth at the position. And it is just astounding to see. I mean the Carson Wentz side, he starts taking care of the ball a little bit better, but can't can't pass it down the field. It just winds up holding onto it and getting sacked. Baker Mayfield, his accuracy is all over the place. Sometimes he can put it on a wire, and then sometimes he couldn't hit the stadium seats. Yeah, couldn't hit the side of a barn. And I don't know what we're getting as far as quarterback play goes in this game. The Eagles' defense really disappointed me last week, especially because the first play of the game, they got a sack on Daniel Jones, and then I, 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 know, I already talked about this. But they, they disappointed very heavily. The Giants, no matter what kind of form they're coming into, they're still a beatable team, and they're a team that we should have beat. And I think this Browns team is a slightly better team than that Giants team. And I don't know if the Eagles are up to the challenge, but they have to be because we... I mean, this division should be ours, and they have to come for it. I think I'm going to pick the Eagles. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I'm, I am doing it. Just gut feeling. Give me three points with them. I think we see the under of 47 in this game hit. I don't think we see the doors get blown off. So I just looked it up just to make sure, because I was leaning that same way you were with the under. So I was already torn. Mm-hmm. But then I found out it's looking like it's likely to be raining and there's a high of 46 on Sunday in Cleveland. It's just going to be cold and it's going to be raining. I think we're definitely going to see the under. Okay. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think even if it was 75 and Sunday, we might still see that under hit. Especially right now since Odell Beckham Jr. is out for the rest of the season and uh, the Eagles offense is terrible in the air. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good one to keep an eye on. Uh, I think there's a lot of great matchups this week, whether it's good teams against good teams or middle of the pack against middle of the pack or struggling against struggling. I, I think this is a, you know, I don't know how the schedule makers did it, but it seemed like they knew this week was just going to be a lot of really good games. Another game, this next one, another 1 o'clock game that honestly really I was, uh, I think is a lot closer than the spread entails is Jacksonville playing against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. It's an 11-point spread. Pittsburgh is heavily favored, as you'd imagine. They're undefeated, and they're playing against a team with, I think, like two wins. But this Jacksonville team has been competitive in almost every game this season. Yeah. It seems like... Jake Lutton didn't, yeah, I was gonna didn't say, do that bad of a job. I, I was going to say, it seems good. like Jake Lutton picks up right where Gardner Minshew left off in that regard, in that he just... He just has a tendency to keep them in the game, even if they don't end up winning it. He keeps them in it, even against, again, better teams against teams like the Packers. Or It's just unbelievable. So I see a 10.5 point spread, and I see it in a game against the the Jaguars, and I'm almost like, oh boy, I, I think this is almost like a trap. I think it's like a trick. So with that in mind, I think I have to go with, I think Pittsburgh does win it. Because I just don't know if I see Jacksonville being good enough to to get the job done. But I think I go Jacksonville with the spread, Pittsburgh to win, and under a 46.5. I think I pick Pittsburgh to win on the money line. I think I'll take Jacksonville with 10.5 points. But I think we see the over in this one hit. I think it winds up only starting to kind of pull just a bit away at the like 
half, just after the half mark, and then Jacksonville slowly climbs back into it, making it look like it was a closer game than it actually was. That makes sense. We've got another 1 o'clock game here. We have the Tennessee Titans facing off against the Baltimore Ravens. This is an interesting matchup. Both these teams have kind of hit a little bit of a struggle of late. Both these teams dropped last week's games. Uh, The Titans lost to the Colts, and the Ravens lost to the New England Patriots, like we had just discussed. It's an interesting game. Ravens are favorites by five, and the over-under in this one is at 49.5. I'd like to see where you're at with this game. Well, as you know, this is the last of our 1 o'clock games this week. And I think it might be the most exciting. Yeah, it's probably the best one. It's the certainly, in my mind, the most likely that we would possibly see in the postseason. Because I do think both of these teams are postseason bound. I also think, I mean, other than maybe tonight's game, Seattle versus Arizona, I think both of them are probably going to make the postseason as well. But, I digress. Baltimore has been one of my favorite teams all season because I have Lamar Jackson on virtually every one of my fantasy football leagues. So... Naturally, I'm going to be rooting for the guy. Also, even if I didn't, I'm a big fan of mobile quarterbacks and the aspect and dimension that they bring to the game. And so I've always, again, been a fan of them for that reason. And and I, Lamar Jackson's maybe the most electrifying of all of the mobile quarterbacks we've ever seen. Not to discredit from Ryan Tannehill's mobility, by the way. He's also very talented at the quarterback position. So I think this is a really exciting matchup, but I think I am more inclined to go with Baltimore. They have Super Bowl experience at the head coach position, or at the, you know, at the head coach. Well, Mike Vrabel also does have Super Bowl experience. It's as a player still. I think that both of these defenses can be menacing, and I think that, but but I think. When Baltimore is stifled by a defense, they just turn the ball over, but they still are effective as an offense, I think just because of how dominant they are at rushing the football and the big play threats that they have. Mm -hmm. Where a team like Tennessee, when they come up against a dominant defense, I feel like can get kind of at least stifled until usually the fourth quarter when, at that point, Derrick Henry's worn people down and the defense... They have to stack the box, and the defense gives up, you know, long balls, I feel like, to, like, A.J. Brown or Corey Davis. That is true, but, you know, remember we also saw them facing off against the number one defense last week. Yeah. In the NFL. Colts got the number one at the moment. Exactly, and the Colts did a number on them. Sure did. Especially in the second half where you expect for them to shine. Yeah, but that was mostly special teams is where that game really got out of hand. True. And once that game's out of hand, you it takes Derrick Henry out of the game a lot because he's nowhere near the receiving back that he is when between the tackles. Yes. So a tough one there for the Titans, and I think it's going to be another tough one this week against this Baltimore defense. I think that we see Baltimore get the win. I think we see them get the win with the spread, and I think the over-under, ooh, 49.5. I feel like I, I feel like we see the over in this game. I feel like both of these teams can score a lot of points, and I think we're going to see that happen. I'm with you on that over-under, but I'm picking Tennessee Titans. I think the ship gets righted. I think we saw that there are a little bit of vulnerabilities that can be exploited, and I think Mike Vrabel was definitely watching what Bill Belichick was scheming up against Lamar Jackson. Now, we don't have the same weather for this game. I am assuming so it could that could play a factor that but does I'm, open up the kicking game as well you have to remember yeah but i'm still going to pick the titans both with the points and on the money line but that brings us to our next segment yeah uh, which we welcome back a very good friend of the show tyler who is been with us many of the last several weeks for his bed of the week so welcome back tyler thanks for having me guys Glad to be here as always. Always happy to have you here. What, are, what is a uh, thing that caught your eye this week? What's what's your fancy this week? So this week, coming from one of the 4 o'clock games, uh, we got the, the Jets-Chargers game. Um, so, you know, a team, the worst, I was going to say one of the worst teams, the worst team in the league pretty clearly, 
against an offense that I think has been kind of hitting its stride more as the season goes on. Um, so, you know, I think I saw one that, that really stuck out to me was Chargers uh, team total for the week. It was over 27 and a half. So Jets are average giving up about 30 points a game. Uh, the Chargers are averaging close to, to 30. I think they're around 20, 26, 27. Um, you know, even seeing what they did against a, a definitely better Dolphins defense last week. Um, you know, they've, they've started to, you know, come on as the season is going along. Herbert's got his fresh new haircut. Um, you know, I, I see them putting up points on this, this terrible Jets team. So I think that's a great pick, Tyler. Yeah, I think that's a nail that one to the front of the church. Like Martin Luther, that is a solid document right there. And I think all three of us will agree on that one. So, we'll, as always, we appreciate your input. You can take that one to the bank. That one's got the B-O-T-T seal of approval right there. Absolutely. And we look forward to having you back next week. Of course. Thank you. So, moving into the 4 o'clock games, we're going to jump right in with that one. That's a 4.05 game. New York Jets up against... The Los Angeles Chargers. I think we're all in agreement on this one. The Chargers are the better team. So the money line there is no question. Unless you're about to shock me with something. Nope. I even think I see them winning with the spread. I do too. Because I, I think this is a Chargers team that's hungry to win. So they're not going to take their foot off the gas. No. Offensively or defensively. 46.5 is the only one that really puzzles me on this. Because imagine we're thinking 27.5 is the over-under for the Chargers. Can I tell you what? I'm gonna I'm going to go with the over in this one only because I think Joe Flacco is confident enough to get like you know 17 points maybe and I think that that just pushes it enough over for what I see the Chargers heading this week. Well, just to differ from you a bit, I'll go with the under on that. Switch things up there, and it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I mean, both of us. I'm a big Justin Herbert fan, not just for fantasy reasons, but he has been. Really electrifying to watch. I mean, deservedly so took that job from Tyrod Taylor, which is a shame. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, it was really a shame the way he lost it, the medical reason. But I think everybody would agree that Justin Herbert is deserving of this Chargers job. So the other, another 4 o'clock game that really looks exciting is the Miami Dolphins against the Denver Broncos. Miami has been riding hot. With Tua, but I mean, they were riding hot before that. They won their last two games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but they did not skip a beat since Tua took over. And three and zero, yeah, they have been one of the better teams in the AFC and the entire NFL for that matter. Their defense has been firing on all cylinders. Their run game has been effective. They've been generating turnovers. They've been getting it points and getting it done on special teams mm-hmm. in the return game. Three facets of the game, use them all. It's been huge. So. They've been a real powerhouse of late, and which I f- can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth talking about the Miami Dolphins, but I do not expect that to change. Nope. I think that this Broncos team has not shown me anything spectacular to this point. No, Drew Locke with four turnovers. Yeah, and I don't Last know week. if I see that. Again, I don't know if I see that changing anytime soon. So with that in mind, I... I'm going with Miami to win. I'm going with Miami to cover that spread at three and a half. I think that's a little bit lower than I would have uh, been anticipating. And so, uh, like smaller of a spread. So, I'm going with Miami to win. I'm going with Miami to cover. I do think I'm going to go with the under on this one. I know I've been going systematically going under this week, but like, not systematically, but it seems like it. I... Just don't see this Denver offense scoring a lot of points on this Miami defense the way they've been playing. And Miami's offense has been good, but two is yet to at least have that real breakout game where the offense has blown up. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of – they've put been putting points on the board, but it's been because of the turnovers, because of yeah, – you know, getting short fields. And, and I do think they may get some short fields here in Denver, but Miami, remember the game is in Denver, mm-hmm. which this Miami team is not accustomed to – November Denver weather. No. So that's the only reason why I just don't think it's going to be crazy high scoring. I'm I'm with you across the board. Miami against the spread, Miami money line, 
under 45 and a half. I think it's just a little bit much. So here's a game, another game coming up here at 430. Those were both 405 games. These are the 425 games. Cowboys versus the Vikings. I do not think this game is going to be close at all. I think the Cowboys, I mean, obviously, I think Andy Dalton is back at quarterback, which is good for them. I think he's a step up from Ben DiNucci or whoever they're starting, you know, whoever else they were going to throw in. Whatever you know, computer-generated exactly. name they were going to get. Whatever guy they were going to drag off the practice squad. So I think that the, my, you know, my, my inclination is to go with the Vikings as they have been. Really, it seems like they've righted the ship over the last few weeks. Again, Dalvin Cook has been playing like a man-possessed. Justin Jefferson has been, as we were discussing before the show, really the best rookie wide receiver out of this highly touted rookie class of wide receivers. And so, you know, other than maybe Chase Claypool, but, I mean, Jefferson right now, I think, as good of a performance as Claypool has had, I he think has Jefferson, more yards, less touchdowns. Yeah, I think Jefferson is is slightly edging him out, in my opinion, is just for being, you know, Jefferson also it seems like is a bigger fa- facet of the game where Claypool is a big play threat, so he can go off in those games like he did against the Eagles for multiple touchdowns and boatload of yards. But you know, Jefferson like last week didn't even get on the scoreboard, but like thirteen catches for like a f load of of yards. You oh, know yeah. what I mean, like. He's just a guy who can, in coverage, in space, he can catch a, a screen, he can beat you down the sideline, he can, you know, whatever it is, he's just, wow. So, I think the Vikings continue chugging along, and the Cowboys continue to drift in, into this oblivion right now. And so, yeah, I'm going Minnesota to win. It's a touchdown, I believe. It's a seven-point spread on this one. I'm going with Minnesota to cover that seven-point spread. I, I like that a lot, actually. And over under uh, 47.5. Let's go with the over on this one. Minnesota's been putting up big points, and I expect Dallas to get in the end zone a little bit. They had a, a you know, I think they're coming off the bye week last week, and Andy Dalton is back. So let's, I'll, I'll, go, with, I'll go with the over on that over-under. This uh, this matchup is two teams I really don't like betting on because I really don't think either one of them uh, is predictable. I think week to week, we have no idea which Minnesota Vikings team is going to show up. They were hot garbage the first three weeks of the season. Then all of a sudden, they went into God mode, and then all of a sudden now they're just kind of regular, regular football team. Right down the road, very middle of the road. Cowboys got off to a hot start. Dak was having an amazing year, despite the fact that their defense couldn't stop a turtle from doing something fast. I don't know. Anyway. You lost me with that one. Yeah, my face really hurts. I'm sorry. It's killing Uh, me. All right. This episode's over. Tyler, you're at. No, take the take the real microphone. Right. I'll read your picks off. Yeah. How rude. So, four o'clock games. Where were we? Oh, we just lost our co-host. That's it. He's gone. Stormed out of the room. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do it live. So Green Bay Packers one and a half point spread against the Indianapolis Colts. It's really a shame. I feel like he would have wanted to give some input on this game. It's a it's a doozy. It is a doozy. Let's see. What do you what? All right, you go first. Well, see, this is a tough one in my mind. I mean, this Colts team is really on a roll right now, and Green Bay. Solid team, getting healthy with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones coming back. or You know, they've been back now a week or two, but getting back into the swing of things. I think I'm going to go with the Colts because every time that the Packers have come up against a really good defense this year, they've it seems like they've kind of hit a bit of a roadblock. And so I think I go with the Colts to win this game. At a one-and-a-half-point spread, I think that it's irrelevant. 
so I go with them to cover it as well. I think it would be asinine to pick a team money line and then pick another team with the spread if it's only one and a half. Over oh. under a 51. This one, this one I'm not sure about. Part of me thinks in order to get this win, the Colts need to really shut down the Packers defensively, or I mean, if not shut them down, you know, hold them in check. You're not keeping Aaron Rodgers off the scoreboard, but, you know, keeping them under, you know, four touchdowns, get them at 21 points or whatever, you could still get the win. So I think if they're being held in check, we go under, but at the same time, it's not like the Colts can't score points. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on the picks? I'm going to take a second on this over-under. Yeah, so just, just looking through it here, you know, the – the Colts are, I think, we're saying the number one defense in the league. But just kind of looking through it, they honestly haven't faced a a offense like Green Bay's, or, or really even what I'd. I guess you you could argue that the Titans or or Ravens are the the two best offenses they've faced so far in the past two weeks. So I think uh, I think this pack is just the number of weapons they have is is kind of on another level compared to what they've faced. So far, and you know, I think with that, I think the the Packers do kind of give them their first real test and, and overwhelm them. So I'm going to go the opposite of you on these two. I'm going to go Packers minus one and a half and Packers money line. Well, it's Packers plus one and a half. Plus one and a half. Oh, you're getting points there, better. And what do you uh, see? So you've convinced me to at least go with the over there. You think the Packers are going to be able to put up some points then? Then, then I think the over is worth worth looking into there. So. I'm going to go over on that. What do you think about that 51 over-under? Yeah, I think, you know, again, Colts put up, what, 34 last week against the Titans, so they can put up points. Phillip Rivers is, is you know, uh, looking a little little better. I mean, the, the turnovers are still hurting them. But, um, no, I think, that, again, the two teams that can put up points. I think the Colts' defense has looked good against mediocre teams but i think they get a test this weekend yeah i think both teams are able to put up points i'll take the over there too so the next game here sunday night matchup which is really exciting i say it's really exciting it's got an eight point spread but we got the chiefs going to vegas to play against the las vegas raiders now if you recall just a few weeks ago the chiefs took a really ugly loss really ugly loss to this Raiders team. I mean, really ugly loss. I mean, they they were shut down in all facets of the game. And they were they were dominated from start to finish. And the game never really even seemed close. And so, an eight-point spread seems a little bit surprising to me. Considering considering just, again, the, the, the fact that just a few weeks ago... And that was in Kansas City. In Arrowhead. So, with fans... They had fans there, I think. Yeah, the, Raider, the Raiders whooped them. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Kansas City to win, but I think I'm gonna go with Vegas with the spread. I think it's gonna be within eight points, and over under a fifty six. I'll go with over. Yeah, I I think I might I might agree with you on on all of those there. I I definitely see it a close game. It's a divisional game. It's you know, even though they're they're not necessarily too close in the standings, they're they're one and two in in the division. Um, I think they'll play them close. I think they, they've proven they can, you know, hang with them and beat the the Chiefs. So, no, I think it's it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I think I'll take the Chiefs money line because because they're the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I mean, I think but, they come away with it. The Super Bowl pedigree there. And the last game of the week, Monday night, we have the L.A. Rams playing against Tampa Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Tam Brady. Tampa, Tom Brady, T-squared, T-squared, T-squared. What are your thoughts? What do you think about this one? Four-point spread, Buccaneers are favored. 48-and-a-half is the over-under. Um, I like Tampa in this one. Honestly, I think uh, you know, Tampa at home. Uh, you know, I don't particularly have a reason for it. I just, it, it's Tom Brady. You know, Fournette, they, they've got a, I mean, you saw they have a solid rushing attack in one-two punch in Fournette and Jones. Each one has kind of been having their week. Uh, last week was, was Ronald Jones' week to go off. Uh, a few weeks before that, Fournette 
you know, they've got Godwin, Evans, Gronk, everyone back. Antonio healthy. Brown Antonio actually looked Brown really good now. last week. Yeah, so so that's a team that, that, you know, is getting more dangerous, I think, by the week. And, yeah, I, I think they, they come away with it in this one. Spread and money line. I'm right there with you on that. I don't think this Rams team has looked all that inspiring to me of late. I think Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are two incredible all-stars, but otherwise that defense has been lacking. And then when you look at just the way that Tampa's been putting it together, I expect them to get this win, especially after they got embarrassed last week. Or was it two weeks ago two. By, by the Saints? So I expect them to keep rolling. That's right. Last that week that game was, is looking like last more, week more of there an was anomaly. The yard touchdown. The Saints run. game, so, yeah. So yeah, I, I expect Buccaneers to win. Buccaneers to cover forty-eight and a half. Ooh, I'm going to go over. How about you? And what's the spread in that one? Or the over/under? Forty-eight and a half. Forty-eight and a half. Yeah, I think over as well. Not hard to see both these teams putting up twenty-four plus. Well, that wraps it up for this week. Keep an eye out for next week. We are going to have our Monday episode coming out where we will be talking about a lot of the world soccer games. World so- uh, Domestic League is coming back this weekend, so we're excited about that. And we also have Thanksgiving football next week for th- you know Thanksgiving week, so three Thursday games. We're going to have some exciting things to talk about going into that game, or that week. So... Turkey and football. Turkey and football. It's a great day. Great day for all of us. So thank you, Tyler, for stepping in. I didn't mean to scare Bernie away with my harsh words. I have to go rectify that. I I have a friendship to rebuild. That's fair. Glad to be here. Glad I could uh, fill in. Well, really, for the important thing. I mean, the friendships, you know. Well, wait, he does edit this. So. Uh, you can check out our socials at, at B-O-T-T podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We still have stickers. Two and a half inches. They're pretty awesome. Go on cars. Go on vending machines. Really anything you want to. Call into the show. Yeah, we also now have, thank you for bringing that up, we have the ability to call into the show. You can shoot us a message on our social medias or personally if you know any of us and schedule a time. We will make sure that your call makes it into the podcast, even if we have to record it outside of when we're recording our normal show. We would love to get some interaction with you guys, hear what you have to say. Ask and, a question. Yeah. Berate us. Anything, really. Yeah, we're we're at we're really just at your will. It's it's we're giving you all access. This is an exclusive offer. So thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Thank and you. We will be back next week. <laughs>